You're listening to the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast. We hope this message speaks to you and encourages you. You can find more messages by searching Catalyst Church of Carrollton on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learn more at IamCatalyst.net. as follows. He said, when we were at Mount Sinai, the Lord our God said to us, you have stayed at this mountain long enough. I I, want to just preach a little bit today from the topic, you've been here long enough. You've been here long enough. Amen. Leroy Butler. Now, a lot of preachers tell stories, and a lot of preachers' stories are full embellishments of what is actual reality, okay? Uh, you know, my dad joked a lot of times that he had a 24-hour rule on anything that he said, that he could walk it back in 24 hours, and that everything would be okay, but, you know, as long as, so you know, I've had to check him at, at times. I said, Dad, look, are, are you going to use the 24-hour rule on this? Uh, is this really, are you telling me the truth? Are you, are you just going to walk it back? I said, well, you know, Mark, I didn't tell you everything that I, you know, it's a, you know it really wasn't exactly like that. Leroy Butler. Leroy Butler, this is a true story. This isn't anything embellished. So uh, just, just know it, because it's really hard to believe a little bit. Leroy Butler, is, and some of you may, but probably not. Leroy Butler was born uh, with feet and legs that were so deformed that doctors began surgeries when he was eight months old, breaking and re-breaking his legs, trying to, trying to fix them. Walking was a major problem for him. Leroy could only do so with leg braces and a walker. And as he, as he grew a little bit older into his youth and childhood, he started to spend more and more time in a wheelchair. Leroy Butler was raised by a single mother in the projects of Jacksonville, Florida. She said Leroy spent much of his time from when he was six to eight years old sitting in his wheelchair, looking out a window, watching kids in the neighborhood play kickball, something Leroy never thought he'd ever be able to do. At the time, doctors predicted that Leroy would never normally walk. That that was his life that he had planned for him. Everyone around him just kind of accepted the fact that this is what it is, right? You think, you know, a a parent's worst nightmare is a child that has has struggles and deformities, and especially when they're they're born with them, but then as the years go and those things kind of stay there, it becomes the new normal for you. So Leroy was way through his life enough that this was the new normal for him. He got used to hearing the, the voices and the, the, the tears and the playing and the kickball games going on outside of his window. And he'd wheel his wheelchair over there and look out and just really just enjoy watching everybody else play without any real thought that he'd ever be on there, out there with him. When Leroy was eight years old, his older sister was racing out of the apartment. And she accidentally knocked Leroy out of his wheelchair. She sent his leg braces flying one way, Leroy flying the other way. 
And as Leroy sprawled across the ground, started to pick himself up and kind of gather everything, he discovered that he not only could stand okay, but he could move around a little bit. And he just, in that apartment, he had been sitting in that wheelchair standing outside that window so long and had accepted uh, his fate and that's just what it was going to be. But his sister, you know, and, and initially I'm sure she's frustrated, right? You can understand the, the scenario, frustrated with the little brother always in the wheelchair, always in the way, always things that are just, just inconvenient in life. And Leroy frustrated that inconveniences of the leg braces, inconveniences of the wheelchair, and, and to get knocked out and just be, be, be thrown on the floor. And, and then as he finds himself standing up, he realizes that I don't really need leg braces anymore. And there's the wheelchair knocked over and then it was, I don't really need the wheelchair anymore. And then something happened right then. See, Leroy realized that not only could he stand and move and walk, but he heard something very familiar. And it was the sound of kids playing kickball outside. That sound showed that it always driven him to the window to watch. Now Leroy wasn't, he wasn't restricted to that wheelchair anymore. And those new legs that he had, those, those brand new feeling things that were actually working underneath him, and all those days and weeks and months that he had spent watching and learning the game and figuring out what, what I would do, right? He, Leroy was an eight-year-old armchair quarterback that just couldn't do anything. Well, I'd kick it there. I'd, I'd do this. Or I'd run faster than him. Or I'd, I'd put in more effort and energy. I'd do all these things that he would do. And as he was standing in his apartment at eight years old, and those voices and, and tears and sound of kids playing outside hit his ears. That connection was made between his ears, his brain, and his legs that I don't have to just sit here in my wheelchair anymore and watch them play outside. And he went out that day and started playing kickball. See, it's a great story, right? That, you know, you feel good, everybody feels good about it, everybody's, you know, it, it, it's something that, that we, yeah, it's, it's positive, it's influence, but it didn't end there. See, Leroy figured out that not only could he stand and walk and go out and play kickball, but he's pretty fast. He can run. And he's really athletic. And uh, Leroy Butler had Within two years, he was, from that, that first time stepping out on a, on a kickball field, within two years, he was playing football and doing really, really good at it. He went on to get a scholarship from Florida State University. He became an All-American. And he went on to a 12-year NFL career where he was a four-time All-Pro. He was a player, first player in NFL history with 20 sacks, and 20 interceptions in a career. He had over 900 tackles. Finally, last year in 2022, Leroy Butler 
was inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame. Leroy Butler, a little boy at eight years old, sitting in a wheelchair, staring at someone else, playing a game he wanted to play so much. And in the moment, as soon as he tripped, as soon as he was knocked over, it would have been easy for him just to lay there and wait for someone else to come get him. It would have been easy for Leroy to, to scream at his sister and get mad. And, Why'd you knock me over? Why'd you do that? Why? Mom, come help me. Give me up. But Leroy Butler decided he'd been there long enough. You see, church, if, if, if there's something that I, I want to leave you with today, I want to leave you with, with the thought and, and the, 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 the mindset that we, we all get stuck in those traps sometimes. We all have our own wheelchairs. We all have our own leg braces. We all have our own ruts that we get stuck in that where we just make up in our mind that this is just where I am. I'm just going to be in bad relationships from now on. I just, I can't pick a good one, right? My kids are just going to be terrible forever. I just, you know, that's just the way it is. I'll never have a good job. I'll never have enough money. I'll never be able to beat addiction. I'll always be depressed. And the enemy has us in that wheelchair, just watching everybody else. And I, I couldn't help, and I, I don't much, but I couldn't help standing over in worship, and I, I moved and my gaze went across the congregation, seeing all the hands that were raised in worship. But I just want to tell somebody that weren't, that their hands weren't raised. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay there. And I know it's uncomfortable sometimes. And I know it's uncomfortable for when Ben says the altar is open to stay in our seat and then to not, and just to, to hold on. Some of you guys get such white knuckle grips on the backs of the chair in front of you that, that, that you'll probably look and see imprints on it when you leave today. But I'm here to tell you that God wants to help you. And as Ben was talking about, you know, things that happen in our life and, and how, how the, 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 you know, not everything can sometimes is good and not everything feels good. It's, it would be easy for us to, to, to have that, that feeling that anytime something bad happened, that it's just something else in a long string of bad things that have happened to us. But God's trying to use that bad thing. See, the Bible says that all things work together for good. It doesn't say that everything is good. That's never a promise of God that everything that happens to us is going to be good. That, that's a misconception. It just it's not practical. See, if God's anything, he's practical. And he's true. So we have to trust him that those moments where it feels like we've been knocked out of our wheelchair and we're laying on the ground and there's no hope, that might be the moment that you discover that you really can stand on your own two legs, that you really aren't dependent upon something else. We've been here long enough, church. We've looked at the situation. See, Leroy, 
Leroy stood there and looked at that those kids playing kickball for a long time. He analyzed it. He broke it down. You know, and, and this is the way it goes with a lot of things, right? In our life, that we look at it, we we break it down, we come up with all the reasons why it can't happen, and we can't do it, we'll never be successful, and we'll never we'll never be be able to do it, and, and it's just everything is going to work against us. Amen. Somebody, well, anybody want to be real today? All the reasons it won't work. And you look at it and analyze it and you thought it. But then there's nothing left, though, but just to do it. What's great is, you know, for Catalyst, what's great here, what, what, what really Catalyst, what we have in, in this church, is we've got a lot of do it around We've got a lot of people that are willing just to step out of their comfort zone a little bit. And what that what that does is it, it's contagious. It, it overflows, as that old song said. And it, it starts to overflow into everyone else's life. And it starts to touch your neighbor and your friends. And all it takes sometimes is one person to say, I've been here long enough. And I'm, it's time that I move forward. Catalyst, it's awesome to see all the visitors and volunteers at special events, or, or, or just just the people that just come to serve on Sunday morning. You know, when, when we meet in, uh, in, in the, the foyer area and, and you, you huddle up, it's not even really a huddle, it's just everybody back up so you can see everybody, because we're way too big to huddle. Huddle's 11. We, we got, there's, I, I, I counted this morning, there's about 44 adults. Around that four-year area, we got a lot of do it in Catalyst. Come on, somebody! The need for people to come and serve—you guys have listened, and you've been willing to take those first steps forward. There's a lot of doing at Catalyst. There was a need for more teaching around all aspects of someone's spiritual life, so so some men of God came together and, and created the way. A monthly class for believers to help with just basic fundamental uh, truths for, uh, for for people just that wanted just a little bit more. Watching these altars fill up with people who are taking steps toward God. Toward the goal that God has for them. And what's amazing is very much like Leroy Butler. At eight years old, there is no way that he could ever imagine what God had planned for him. I want you to hear me today, church. Right now, where you sit, there is no way that you can understand what God has planned for you. Somebody say, for me. There is no way you can grasp it. If you are new to church, if you are new to Catalyst, or if you've been around and sitting and looking out that window for a long time, there is no way that you understand the doors that God has opened for you already. God has plans for you. God has looked at your life. There are people that you can touch that no one else can. God has plans for you. Somebody say, that's me talking about me. 
Come on, you've been here long enough. Been here long enough. You keep all things waiting, church. Look out the window long enough at it. Ben, ben believes in what Catalyst is doing and what kind of change Catalyst us. Somebody say us. Somebody say me. Right? What kind of difference that we can make if we just decide that we're, we're, we're going to step out. We're not going to look out the window anymore. And we're going to go out there and do something. We have watched as spiritual breakthroughs have happened in this church week after week after week. Lives being changed. So close to some of us have been so close just to that breakthrough that you needed. Some of you have felt that breakthrough that you needed, that it's right there. That it's not just about numbers. It's not just about, you know, Ben says all the time, yeah, he wants to build a big church, but he wants a church that's rooted and grounded and deep in God's Word, that's spiritually sound, that is someone that's a church that wants to wrap themselves up in who God is, that wants Him to do more than just live in heaven and, you know, they, a lot of people get caught up with that, the God that said, I'm going away to prepare a place that where I am, you may be also that God up in heaven. Hey, listen, God didn't just say he's going to heaven to prepare a place. He said and that he wants us to come there. He said, but I will not leave you comfortless. That I'm going to send my spirit and my name to you so that you can be overcomers in everything that you do. Amen, somebody. You've been here long enough. You looked out long enough. It's our time, church. We gotta decide we've been in those late races long enough. You know what position we were we were playing? Defensive backfield. For those who don't know, the, the defensive backfield is that the safety and quarterback is, and it, it's rough. You're, you're the last line of defense. You gotta be fast, you gotta be strong. They deliver hits, they get 20 sacks, 20 interceptions. You did it all. 900 plus tackles. We were about to look playing around. Church, some of you have gotten really used to being tackled. It's time that you start tackling. You've been a tackling dummy long enough. You've been the devil's punching bag long enough. Somebody needs to hear me today. You've been the devil's punching bag long enough. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse number 7. He said, It's time to break camp and to move on. To go to the hill country, the Amorites, and go to the neighboring regions, the Jordan Valley, the hill country, the western foothills, the Negev, and the coastal plain, to go to the land of the Canaanites and the Lebanon, and all the way to the great Euphrates River. Verse number 8 says, Look, I'm giving all this land to you. Go in and occupy it. For it is the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, 
and Jacob and all their dependents. See, God's telling them and giving them something that's a little bit uncomfortable sometimes for, for some of us. He's telling them it's time to move on. It's time to move on. You've been here long enough. You look on from the sidelines long enough. He said, I've got a place for you that's full of blessings and promises from God. It's, it's something that you not just you were promised, it was promised to everybody before you. See, there were promises to our Christian forefathers on the day of Pentecost when God poured out His Spirit. And He said, this promise isn't just for you, but it's for your children and your children's children and all that are far off, as many as our Lord our God shall call. He said, I got a land for you. Somebody tell your neighbor you've been here long enough. Romans chapter number 8, verse number 18 says, For I reckon, pick old man. Alright? So I, I was raised the majority of my life in a very, 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 very conservative church. It was King James only. And I grew up reading King James Bible. I still love the King James Bible. Okay. Now, I'm going to tell you a little secret. I didn't always just read the King James Bible. Okay. I wasn't allowed to say that out loud. But I still love the King James Bible. So some of the friends, Ben loves to pick at me about it. He loves to. It's, it's, I think it's one of his favorite things to do with me. All that poetry, and man, if we could we could read all that, you know, King James, all that D's and L's, and this and that, and all that stuff. So I, I, I don't want to say that I put this verse in this message just for him, and to try to prove it wrong on something. It's right about a lot, but there is nothing D and L about reckoning. First, it starts out for I reckon. That joke is from Georgia. I lived all across the country. I don't think they say reckon in Jerusalem. Reckon is in Old English. I love my King James Version of the Bible sometimes. He said, Romans chapter 8, verse number 18, says, For I reckon. Y'all never read that verse again the same way in your life. You're welcome. He said, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Present time, what we've been going through up until this point. Sufferings. Struggle. Somebody say right now. Some of you that even this morning were dealing with sufferings and struggles. As we were praying this morning before service and, and got here before the praise team was here and then I were praying, God really, God really just, just laid something on my heart. 
repeating arguments that hadn't happened yet in families. I started rebuking disrespectful kids that didn't like what they had for breakfast. I started rebuking traffic that was going to hinder and hurt somebody on the way to church. Because let me tell you, we all go through these things. And while, you know, yes, I love my family, I have a great family, a wonderful life, four beautiful children. I am so thankful for my family, but we are not perfect. We raise our voice sometimes. We yell. They don't listen. Sometimes. We're, 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 we're just normal people, guys. All of us are. We have financial problems. We make dumb decisions sometimes. We make mistakes. We fail. We fall. But this verse speaks to my heart. It says the sufferings of this present time. In those moments, church, where you're sitting in a wheelchair and you've got your leg braces on and everything seems like it's going wrong and you've got nothing positive to look forward to in your life. Sufferings of this present time cannot be compared to what shall be. What shall be. Somebody say that's right around the corner. Have doubts. Don't think it'll work. What do you have to lose, church? You've been here long enough. You've been here long enough. You've done it long enough. Luke 1 and 37 says, For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible. So in our minds, when we decide and we make up and we sit there in our, in our living room and say, I don't know how this is going to happen. It's just impossible. Put that for a second. Luke 1 37. With God, nothing shall be impossible. There is hope in God today that you cannot comprehend. Because God is all knowing and all understanding. He has it all. He can see it from a viewpoint that where we can't. We're restricted in our eyes. And if you're like me, I'm blind as a bat. I've got contacts in. If I didn't have them in, I wouldn't even be able to read the speed limit sign going down the road. My vision is seriously jacked up. But sometimes it's just not my natural vision, the natural vision that's jacked up. It's, it's my spiritual and emotional vision that gets jacked up too. And I can't see the forest or the trees. I don't know what's going on. I can't figure it out. Everything's just swirling around me and nothing seems like it makes sense. And it's just impossible. See, that's the enemy that wants you to believe that. He wants you to believe that it's impossible. He wants you to believe that you're just going to stay in that wheelchair forever. That, that those leg braces, that they might change them out every now and then as you grow and get older, but you're going to have those things forever. Might as well get used to it. You know, the devil is a might as well get used to it kind of person. That's who he wants you to believe. You might as well just be used to it. 
something went wrong, something went wrong, might as well get used to it. Dumb decision, might as well get used to it. Car breakdown, might as well get used to it. Family arguments, might as well get used to it. Husband wives not getting along, might as well get used to it. Luke 1 says, there's nothing impossible with God. See, here's one way that the enemy tries to, to keep us from moving on, is he tries to get us to, to comfort our dysfunction. So I say, don't comfort our dysfunction. See, he wants us to enjoy, and, and just not, not necessarily to enjoy, but to make the best out of it, right? You all heard the phrase, make the best out of a bad situation? He wants us just to make the best out of it. Not change the situation, but make the best out of it. See, making the best out of a bad situation for Leroy Butler would have been scooting over his, into his wheelchair and sitting down again. Then he wouldn't be on the floor. That's making the best out of a bad situation. Just comfort your dysfunction. Just, just make it make it to where you're. You're, you're back safe and comfy in your wheelchair again. You can you can sit outside and, and everything's okay and all's right in the world and, and, and maybe someone will give you something to drink. Someone will make you feel a little better, right? Just comfort. We can't comfort our dysfunction, church. If there's something wrong that's going on, we can't we can't comfort our dysfunction. We have to confront our dysfunction. We have to be willing to take those hard steps to look at it head on, eyeball to eyeball. I say, well, look, if I can't do it, and I can't fix it, I know somebody that can. And I might have worked at it, and I might have failed. There's been so many times in my life where I've, I have tried to figure it out. And I have messed it up royally. And if I just take my natural hands off of it and trust God with it, with God, nothing is impossible. When we start injecting ourselves into those situations sometimes, we take the impossible and we put it in with it. We start throwing left to rights. Little things here, little things there. But see, the recipe that God has planned, church, it, it works. What I want to throw in that pot might not work. Don't comfort your dysfunction. The devil wants you just to, to sit there so, so long that you don't even see a problem anymore. You don't even, you don't even think there's something going on in your life anymore. That, that this is just the new normal, but you're really unable to function properly. Things aren't working the way that, they, that they're supposed to. You know, that, that, can, that can come to church and people can come to church and they can sit through our services. They can, they can take notes but never take action. They can hear messages preached and then they can go home and sit back in their wheelchair and stare out the window. Come on, you've been here long enough, church. Philippians chapter number 4, verse number 13 says, I can, somebody say, do. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. 
God's calling us to be doers today. God's calling us to step out of the land that we're in. Is it okay? Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's land. It's a piece of property. They're saying, listen, guys, I've got all this other stuff out there for you. You know, and I, it's, it's moments like these where, where, where sometimes we see it in other people, we don't see it in ourselves. You ever want to just go to somebody and say, man, what is wrong with you? You've got all this opportunity in front of you. If you just stop doing dumb stuff, right? You stop doing dumb stuff. That's something that I have found myself telling my kids. A lot. And it's not necessarily because they do dumb stuff all the time, because they don't. They're good kids. But I see a lot of kids do a lot of dumb stuff. And if you could just stop doing dumb stuff, you would be a lot more successful in your life. And it's easy to see that from a little bit further away, right? It's a lot harder to see that when it's in your own life. So I'm going to tell you stuff. Stop doing dumb stuff. Stop it. It's dumb. It doesn't make any sense. If you really look at it objectively, you know it's dumb. You've just comforted your dysfunction long enough that you've convinced yourself that it's easier just to sit there and watch instead of going out and do it. Stop doing dumb stuff. We can do all things through Christ which strengthens us. Be ready to close if the musicians of praise team would come. We've got to move beyond just having faith. Faith is great. I love faith. I love faith preachers. I love faith speakers. I love scriptures about faith. I, I love somebody talking about faith. Faith makes us feel good. Faith makes us warm and fuzzy and tingle inside. Faith makes us smile. Faith, faith makes us feel like things are just a little bit better. I love faith. I don't want anybody ever to think I don't love faith. But, Just having faith. Let's put our faith to work. And see, I, I, didn't, I didn't plan on it. As we were praying earlier, that word, and Ben mentioned it earlier as he was up here, work. Just kept coming up over and over and over and over again. Work, 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 God, work, Lord. Work in this, move in this, work on this, work on this. Just kept coming up over and over and over again. Church, you've been here long enough. Let's do some work. James chapter number 2, verse number 18 says, Now some may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. He said, but I say, how can you... Show me your faith if you don't have good deeds. I show you my faith by my good deeds. Why can our faith be so big? 
because we're not afraid to put it to work. You want to increase your faith? Put it to work. Do something with it. Sitting in your wheelchair, watching everybody else get a blessing, isn't putting your faith to work. Laying back when you know God's got a calling on your life isn't putting your faith to work. Waiting for somebody else to do it first isn't putting your faith to work. Looking around in the room isn't putting your faith to work. Comforting those dysfunctional moments in your life where you don't know which way to go or what to do. But you decide you just want to wait and not do anything isn't putting your faith to work. Do something, church. Why can our faith be big? Because we aren't afraid to back it up with our work. Let's stand today. Ezra chapter number 10, verse number 4 says, Get up, for this matter is your responsibility. Somebody says, My responsibility. You've been here long enough, Catalyst. It's my responsibility. This falls on me. Each and every one of us, this falls on you. But listen to what it says. Look right after that. Because this is the serious part of, of, of stepping out. Is that nobody's going to come with me? Nobody's going to support me. What's everybody going to think about me? Is it going to happen? Is it going to work? Am I going to be able to do it? This is a we support you. Tell us, I want you to know that you are supported. You are lifted up. You are prayed for. You are anointed. You are called. And God has placed something on your life that he wants you to do. We can't do it just sitting on faith alone. Gotta put it to work. You've been here long enough, church. This belongs to us. There's workers in our mind as they're getting ready to sing. Workers in our mind right now, we're going to have the courage and we're going to do what we've been dreaming of.
And I want you to hear the words that are going to come out of my mouth. And I want you to take them and let them sit on your soul. Close your eyes. God, right now, move on our church. Change lives and families all for generations. Move on our children and children's children. God, work on God on those that struggle, God, and can't see the way out. God, we speak right now to hearts and we claim more workers, more doers to be born right now. God, lay on hearts and press on souls. God, God, people to serve. Lord, we speak ministries to be born right now. God, that you would quantify and qualify missionaries and ministries to reach out to this church and to the lost and dying world we step foot into every day. The church, I want you to speak out in the voice of your spirit and speak to those things in your life. Thanks for listening. We'd love to know your story. Let us know how this message impacts your life. You can message us at info at imcatalyst.net. We're here for you and we are for you. If you have a prayer request, you can message us at prayer at imcatalyst.net. To keep up with what's going on at Catalyst Church in Carrollton, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Jesus cares about you, we care about you, and we hope you join us again on the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast.